Hello everybody, happy Wednesday. Welcome back to Aces Up the Sleeve. I'm Patty, co-hosting with the co-managing partner of Pocket Aces Racing, or PAR. For the quick reference, Mr. Jared Shoemaker. How are you today, sir? I am finer than frog hair. How are you? <laughs> I'm, I'm very tired. I'm very tired, so I'm going to talk about crazy things, and it's going to be a great day. It's going to be a great podcast. Uh, well, let's get nuts then. Let's do it. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, we do have, we actually have quite an interesting episode for everybody today. We are going to um, just touch base a little bit on the uh, the Pocket Aces kind of win percentage. We talked about it a few episodes ago. If, if you were uh, listening in, you might remember us touching base a little bit on it. Um, but we're also going to do a little bit of a combination episode. So we're also going to talk about race selection um, and kind of to go along with our our mission here at this podcast to shed a little light on on all things pocket aces. We're going to talk about some of the finer points of syndicate ownership. We're going to discuss some of the topics you've asked us to talk about, like race selection. Race selection happened to be um, something that a couple people have asked me about. Uh, so we're going to cover it today, and hopefully by, by the time we get to the end of it, you're going to be a little more enlightened, a little more entertained, and you're going to feel like you got good value out of your out of your stay as a team pocket aces racing member. But first, before we get into our win percentage and race selection fun, we do need to recap a couple wins that we had uh, last week after we talked about them, and that was Cyclone Ranger and It Factor. Uh, they had some pretty good they had some pretty good runs and some pretty good wins. Yeah, you know, it's um, you know, It Factor finally broke through, and her and her uh, maiden got her maiden broken and out of the way, and uh, just. Uh, you know, we 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 run her going six furlongs previously, knowing that's that's not really what she needed needed to do, but that that she could have used a race. And uh, you know, she's just not built to go uh, sprint speed, but uh, she is uh, she's you know surprisingly, just, you know, despite her breeding, she's more of a you know she looks like she needs a mile, maybe even a little bit longer. And uh, so we got her stretched out, got her against. Uh, uh, field that she could uh, really compete with. She's you know, running on the dirt, so now she's running on the dirt. She's running on synthetic, and at some point along the way, we're probably going to try her on the turf and see how she handles that because she's she's handled both other surfaces pretty well so far, and and just see where she takes us from here. It was a, it was a good win. She she um, you know, she won fairly easily, quite frankly, and um, you know the, what's the most unusual thing about it the the buyer figure came out the next day and it was a 51 and then two days later it was a 57 and then it got adjusted again to a 61 and oh. and to, to go up 10 points over two adjustments is not something that I've ever seen happen in all the years we've been doing this. So, um, you know, I think that they determined that, uh, you know, it was a little more impressive win than they initially thought. And um, uh, yeah, so, so we'll, uh, we'll see where she takes us from here. It's always a good day when you kind of see them finally break through. And you were telling us that uh, Susan was was telling us after the race that it factor is feeling her beans right now. She is big lady in the barn. <laughs> That's right. She's a King Kong is a, is what uh, Susan has referred to her and <laughs> says she feels like she's King Kong. So, um, yeah, you know, she's uh, yeah, I think a lot of people don't realize that that horses you know, they know when they win. They know when they they are faster than all the other horses that they've run with, and and they they need confidence builders, and and they can get down on themselves just like people can, and and uh, you know she's she's feeling she's been feeling really really good about herself ever since she uh, she got that win, and uh, hopefully that'll that'll carry over to next time. 
Absolutely. And Cyclone Ranger uh, kind of surprised all of us a little bit up at, up at Horseshoe with another kind of come-from-behind victory. Yeah, I think it's pretty clear that, um, you know, he, uh, a mile race is probably just a little bit too short. I think eight and a half furlongs uh, coming from the back of the pack. That's how he's won his last two races. And and it's it seems to be what he's most comfortable doing. I mean, he came home. Uh, gosh, one of the partners sent me the splits and Mark confirmed it. I think he came home in something like 32 for the final three furlongs. And, I, you know, that that is not speed that any of us ever expected to see out of him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, it, you know, that's not something that he's going to be able to carry, you know, uh, a, a ton of distance. And, and you know, going a mile, if, if the pace is a little bit quicker than it might be on a mile and a 16th or a, a mile and an eighth or even longer, um, you know, he, he may might not be able to be close enough, even running and closing that fast, uh, to be able to get up and get where he needs. So I think, you know, we're, we're learning a lot about him. He's probably learning a little bit about himself and, uh, just, just a really, really impressive performance. And, uh, you know, he, he, he was at one point in the, in the far turn, he dropped back to dead last in the field. And, and when, when he kicked outside and, and started going. I mean, it was, it, it, it was, he just ran away with it. Uh, he was just looked like he was just toying with him uh, when he, when he really got turned, you know, turned loose. And, and it, like, yeah, it surprised all of us a little bit, uh, including Brendan, you know, Brendan is um, uh, just really, you know, honestly, he, he wasn't really sure he wanted us in that race. He, he had, he had other thoughts and, uh, and we, you know, we kind of insisted, Hey, let's give this a shot and see what happens. And then if we need to, we'll make adjustments uh, going after that. So, mm-hmm. you know, he earned a 79 buyer speed figure. We pulled his rag as in, I think it was a 17. So, you know, uh, I think if anybody's sitting here thinking about, you know, running in stakes company or something like that at this point, you know, that, I think that's still a little bit premature. He, he, mm-hmm. he's, he didn't as impressive as, a, as it looked. Uh, you know, maybe the speed figures don't quite back up a jump like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, certainly uh, looking for him uh, to do something, uh, you know, the next level mm-hmm. allowance. Uh, and and I'd love to find something going even longer than eight and a half, because I, I, I do think he looks like he's got good cruising speed and he can lope along for a little while and then just, uh, you know, come with a come with a mad dash at the end, like uh, uh, some of our better horses uh, we've had over the years have done one in particular. So yeah, <laughs> uh, you know, we're not there yet, obviously, but, uh, yeah. but uh, that's, you know, and, and, you know, when, when you run that way, things have to work out, you know, when, when we yeah. saw it, even with, with Temple City Terror, that, you know, it, it, simple, little, small mistakes can be very costly when yeah. that's your running style, especially if it's a really big field. Yeah. Um, you know, you, if you're a little bit too close, uh, you don't have the kick at the end. If you're a little bit too far away, your kick's not good enough. If you don't get, uh, if you, you know, if you get into traffic and you can't be going full bore, full speed down the lane, like you need to be going, you know, that's a problem. So th- it, it's a, it's a style of running that, uh, you know, it's not as easy as if you can just go out there and run all day on the front end. Um, things have to work out and they have to go your way when you run that way. And, and so far, at least his last two races, um, he's, he's, he's been in the right spot and been in the right position. And, um, he's, he's just looked like a, looked like an old pro despite the fact that he just turned three. Yeah. I was going to say, I'm like, he's a young, he's still pretty young. Like the rest of that field might've been three for a hot minute. He just turned three. 
Yeah, he he just turned three, and that's part of the reason that we're pro- you know we're we're going to take our uh, take some time with him before we send him out uh, again. Uh, you know, he, he's run two really big races, and yeah, we, they've been spaced apart a little bit, but uh, you know, let's not um, you know let's give him plenty of time to recover yeah. from that race. It's, yeah. it's, it's by far the best race he's ever run. Give him a little bit of time. Let's let's not burn him out. You know, it's not it'd be like that. That kid in the seventh grade who plays uh, basketball every day, eight hours a day, and by the time he graduates high school, he doesn't want anything to do with it anymore. You know. Uh, yeah. So, well, I know you know, how that uh, feels because that time. was me and swim team for a long time. Yeah, so. Uh, absolutely. So, uh, so we'll we'll give him a little time to recover, and you know he's feeling pretty good about himself, and then we'll look for a look for a spot, uh, you know, into June, early July, something like that, hopefully, and um, my guess would be probably July at Ellis Park. Uh, but but we'll see. Uh, we'll see where he takes us, what he's ready for, and you know, and we'll we'll, we'll go from there. Yeah. Well, Ellis, the Ellis Park book is out. I haven't gone through it yet, other than mm. checking out the the purses, and uh, you know, they're they're pretty solid. Looks yeah. like the maiden specials are going to be around seventy thousand. Allowances in the seventy thousand plus range, and um, even the even the claiming purses have uh, have bumped up a little bit down there this year. So, mm-hmm. um, it's I always love going down to the pea patch. Yep, the bee patch. That's a lot of fun. I have to. I think I was supposed to go down there. I forget for whom. It may have been. It may have been Temple City Terror. But I was supposed to go down there for something, and I had, um, like a just a last minute emergency problem, and I couldn't go. But people tell me all the time that it's it's quite lovely down there. So it's worth the trip. Yeah, it's a haul. It is a haul. But uh, <laughs> do it. Do it sometime. You know. Um, yeah. Now it wouldn't have been Temple City Terror. I don't think she ever ran down there, but. May, I know that may have been Kentucky major. Downs. Yeah. She ran at Kentucky Downs, didn't she? She did run at Kentucky Downs. That may have been what uh, I was yes. thinking of then. Yeah, so okay. uh, that could be it. They also, uh, now I have not been out there on race day, but it is an interesting place down there. Um, I'm going to, if we have anything run down there this September, I'm going to hopefully try to get myself down there and check it out. Yeah. I mean, that's 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 high on my list of going to. From what I've been hearing from folks, it's um, it's definite, It's a different style of racetrack. It's, it's closer to more the European type that I think people here are not so much used to but um the people who kind of keep tabs on the european racing scene and some of the international uh racing venues will will notice that it looks a little bit more european than other places do absolutely it, it, so. it, it is not a circle it's nope. an oval. yeah <laughs> was it last night what day is it is it tuesday uh, we, are, we are it's tuesday when we're recording this and yep. uh, yes yeah, she <laughs> ran taking the cleaners ran last night and you know she she'd been uh, again, that that was that was a race on the front end that we needed to go our you know a few things to go our way, mm-hmm. and and they didn't. You know, you know she's she's a she's a mare that likes to go to the lead. She has to be on the lead. That's where she wants to be. Um, but you know she got pressed and she went just a little bit quicker than we wanted her to. You know she went the first half in forty seven flat. We would have liked to have seen it in forty eight flat or maybe just just a tick under forty eight. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so she was just pressed a little bit much and she couldn't, uh, you know, she just didn't have enough energy and she, man, she was running with the best horses she's ever run against, best fillies and mares she's ever run against, uh, were in that field. And, uh, they were just a little bit too good for her yesterday. You know, she, she, gave, she, you know, she certainly, she only got beat by about five lengths. So it's not like she, um, uh, you know, just chucked it and spit the bit, you know, she ran hard throughout and just got and and you know, she finished seventh, but. I think there were about four of them in a photo 
that, yeah. that would have gone from seventh to to fourth. Yep. And um, so it was, it was pretty a blanket close. pretty yeah, much all a, around. Def, definitely much a blanket, uh, very much a blanket finish in that in that middle group. So you know, she certainly she, I think she did herself proud. She ran well and and uh, you know, we'll look to get her back and you know, still love to get some black type in her. I think she's got some potential for black type. Uh, we just got to find the right spot for her. We've got some ideas, uh, you know, going into last night, what we were thinking uh, once she's gotten back and been able to settle in for a couple of days. Um, we'll see how she's doing and see if it's going to make sense to stick with those plans. Uh, but that'll be up for Mark, to, you know, Mark and Ethan to discuss, uh, you know, later this week or early next week. Well, then kind of that's actually a good segue into into uh, our entries. And then from our entries, we'll go right into race selection. So that's actually good planning on our part. So for the races, for the entries this week, uh, actually, it'll be tomorrow. So by the time uh, our listeners are, are hearing this, they will most likely, Mama Lou and Justice of the Peace will be most likely going to post. They're both going in at Belterra on the 31st. Mama Lou will be in a starter. And Justice of the Peace is going to be back in a main special weight. Yep, um, Mama Lou is going to be in a starter allowance. Uh, we, we tried to put her right back in that same spot where she finished second uh, last time out at, um, at Horseshoe Indianapolis. Uh, but the race didn't fill and, and didn't get brought back. I think it only had, a, she might've been the only entry. Oh boy. Uh, so that left us scrambling a little bit. They um, didn't want to just know, send us a check. <laughs> didn't want to just send us a check. Unfortunately, uh, they felt like a one horse field would not be great for the, uh, for gambling, uh, and wagering. So, um, uh, so they didn't, uh, didn't put it on the card. Uh, but yeah, so, so she, this, this is going to be a little stiffer probably than what she faced last time. There, there's some. There's a couple tough old mares in that race, uh, Seward and then Nana's Gray, who we actually uh, looked at claiming last summer, uh, but we didn't. I can't remember all the details around around her. I just know that I've got her in my stable mail with a note, almost claimed. Uh, so I don't know. Again, I don't remember the exact specifics. So um, it, it's going to be a tough spot. But, you know, if she runs like she ran last time, uh, she fits and, and she fits right in there. And we'll just have to. Uh, you know, have to see what she does. And, and you know, uh, actually her full brother, uh, Forewarned, uh, is an Ohio bred and he is running in the Best of Ohio series. Uh, he's in a race, uh, in a stakes race at Belterra Park. It's not tomorrow. It's, I think it's Saturday is when they run that Best of Ohio. Mm-hmm. But he's uh, he's running in a, in a stakes race. He's won uh, one of those yeah. races, I think, too, for two or three years now. Like, he comes uh, back he, and he's... He's won just... a couple of stakes races, yeah. So, yeah. Um, and he, he's, God, I think he's closing down a million dollars. So yeah, um, yeah. So he, he's going to be running there as well uh, this weekend, I believe. And and again, it's it's a step up uh, for her, but I, I, I like the spot for. Her. I think it sets up pretty well for. Her. And uh, you know, just hopefully she, uh, you know, she's got just got a short ride over from from Turfway to Belterra Park. It's about fifteen minutes, assuming depending on the traffic. Yeah, depending on traffic. Uh, so yeah, so that shouldn't be shouldn't be too bad that time of day. And um and so that's her. And then uh and actually a couple of the DRF uh people got her picked on top uh in that spot. So um we've also got Justin the Peace. Now he was supposed to run last week. There were some um just a, a slight snafu in the in the licensing office. Uh, we don't have to get into all the details, but uh, he didn't get to run, unfortunately. Uh, but uh, he is entered now in this maiden special weight at Belterra Park, going a mile on the turf. 
Uh, it's the eighth race of the day on Wednesday. And um, it's you know, packed. He's, he's, it's pretty full, he, if I remember correctly. It's, it's a, yeah, and that's, you know, turf racing at Belterra Park is almost always going to be full uh, because, again, the, the, the turf options are still fairly limited. You know, they, they don't run on the turf at Thistle. There's not a, there's not a turf course. Mm-hmm. Um, Arlington Park is gone now, uh, so that's a lot of Midwest turf racing that's no longer available. Um, and, and, you know, the, they don't run lower-level claiming races on the turf or, or low-level, you know, the, the main specials at Churchill are $140,000 yeah. or whatever. And those are the super uh, operations yeah, down there. So those are, yeah, those are all full of, you know, half million dollar horses and whatnot. And um, so, and, 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 you know, he's, he's not ready to take on that kind of, that kind of crowd yet and may never be, but we'll see. Uh, but so that, so you always end up with full fields of, of horses on the turf at Belterra Park running uh, for purses smaller than what you would think horses of that caliber would be running against. Now, uh, this this field does not look terrible tomorrow. I mean, it's not it's not super tough though. There are some first time starters uh, that you know who knows what you're going to get with those. Um, uh, but he looks like he fits, and uh, you know he worked on Friday, and Will Walden said it was the best work that he's had since he's been in his barn. Um, so so we'll see. You know, um, hopefully he's ready, and you know, he got that. Got that first start out of his under his under his belt and out of the way there at the at Hoosier. Uh, I don't know three or four weeks ago, whatever it was, and and uh, and he's he's hopefully sitting on a sitting on a big run and and he can kind of get off the off the schneid a little bit. He's had a he's had a rough go with that that splint that's just kept bothering him, and uh, you know we got that taken out and removed, and hopefully hopefully he can put it all together because he sure he sure looks the part. Now he's just got to he's got to act the part. Yeah, I I saw him uh, not, brief, not not super briefly, but I saw him when he had one of his um, first kind of zips through the lane with with Will Walden in the irons, and uh, he looked really good from Demian yeah. just from the the photography perspective. But you can tell he also felt really good. He he was behaving like he felt like he was feeling his oats. He he mm-hmm. looked like he felt really good. So. Well, good luck to the partners tomorrow, um, especially if you're listening to this in your car on your way up to Belterra. <laughs> so good luck. Um, you know, we'll have our fingers crossed for you guys. And then to kind of segue into the into the race selection, you did mention a couple times as you recapped the uh, the races above and you talked about the, the entries for Mama Lou and Justice of the Peace. Um, you did mention that uh, racing in the Midwest has become a little tougher. And, um, so when you do go into it and you're deciding, okay, we now have a horse, either it's a first time starter or it's kind of like a situation like Cyclone Wanger where he's, they're starting to show some, some promise. How does the process, like the race selection process look like? Mm -hmm. Do you just open all the books you can find and, and look through and see what conditions fit? Or is it like kind of like a group project, I guess? So, so basically Mark and I each have a list of all the horses and, um, and, and we keep our lists, uh, in a somewhat of a different way, different manner, but we each have a list of all the horses that are, that are running or ready to run, you know, getting ready to run. Uh, and, and honestly, you know, mine is forever long and, and so is his because we're looking at every track that is reasonable distance, uh, and, and, and all the conditions that that we think make sense 
And, and, you know, maybe that's, you know, even maybe, maybe we even need to break this down so far as conditions. Uh, there may be some people that don't really understand conditions in the condition book. You yeah, know, in the condi every, every track issues a condition book. And, you know, you've got different levels of racing, you know, made in special weight. That's, it's, uh, you know, it's an allowance. Basically, it's an allowance race for uh, horses that have never won a race. Uh, then you have a first level allowance, which would be a non-winners of two allowance. So they can never have won more than two, uh, you know, two races or more. They can only have won that one, one time. There's a non-winners of one X, which means it's a non-winners of a race other than maiden claiming or starter or estate bred usually. So you might have a horse in the non-winners of one X that's won 10 times, but they've all been maiden or claiming races, but they'd still be eligible for a non-winners of one X allowance. Um, and then, and then it goes, you know, so forth and, you know, there's a non-winners of two X and non-winners of three X. There's a non-winner straight non-winners of three. Uh, so, and, and then they, then they put date conditions on them and then they put optional, uh, claiming prices on them. So you can enter them for the tag. If they, if they've won too many races, they can run for the claiming price. Um, their starter conditions. So if they've run for a star for a claiming price in the last five starts or the last year or the last, uh, 24 months or whatever the case may be, you know, that the, the, the racing secretaries have gotten very creative over the past few years in writing the conditions for these races um, to make sure they have enough horses to enter to run. Um, because, you know, and, and so you see all kinds of creative, creative, unusual conditions. You know, the, the, the race that High Powered's been running in the last couple of times are non-winners of three races in the last seven months of all things, not six months, seven months. We've never seen that before this year. Uh, you know, so, but they're just doing anything they can to, to open it up a, a little bit more to get one or two or three more horses in the races. So, you know, we're always looking at these condition books and we're looking at the, the next condition up that, you know, that the horse is eligible in, you know, we don't want to skip if we have a horse that's, a, that's eligible for a non-winners of two allowance we don't want to run him in a non-winners of three allowance because we're going to, you know, we don't want to skip that condition because it's going to be that much tougher because uh, each time you, each time you break a condition, you win a race and you break a condition, uh, the competition next out is going to get that much tougher, you know, unless you drop them way down in the claiming ranks or something like that. Uh, so, so we're looking very closely at these condition books, uh, trying to find races that make sense. Um, you know, I, I take a very much a scattergun approach that, you know, if they're eligible for it, I'm, I put it on the list. Uh, you know, Mark is, uh, is a little more selective about what goes on the list. You know, he's thinking a little, probably a little more realistic about, you know, where they need to be running. Whereas I'm putting, if you know, here, this is a race. It probably doesn't make sense, but it's a race that's the right condition it's the right distance, but maybe it's at Churchill Downs when it should when we should be thinking about running running it at at Hoosier or or you know someplace like that. So um, so basically, you know, every race that they're eligible for within about a six hour drive or six hour van ride is is on my list. And um, and Mark and I, you know, we we get together. We every whenever we go over horses uh, for the updates. Um, we talk about what's available, what's out there. Uh, and, and obviously he's spoken with the trainers leading up to that. And the trainers have given their input. He's given his thoughts to the trainers and, and you know, primarily it's done, um, you know, it's, it's, it's 
done with Mark and the trainer uh, with some occasional input from myself. And you know, a lot of times, again, I'm just, a lot of times I'm just, I'm just making sure that, that he's got all the information the, in case he's missed something. You know, we kind of, we kind of work that as a, you know, we're, we, we double check each other just to make sure that, uh, that we know everything that's out there. Uh, and, in, and in addition to looking at the condition books, you know, we're always looking at the overnight. So you know, I, I mentioned overnights all the time in our updates. And I've had a few people, you know, over the years, that, oh, what, what do you, what, what's an overnight? What are you talking about? Or what's an extra? And when, when the, when the tracks take entries, they, they put out an overnight. And on that overnight is, is all the races uh, that made the card with all the entries for that card. And, you know, it's usually, they're usually released, you know, anywhere from three to seven days out. And then it's got a list of extra races that aren't in the condition book but that are now being put up by the racing secretary to take entries for on the next entry day. Uh, so maybe it wasn't a race that, that had previously been on a book somewhere, uh, but they're going to make it because a trainer has requested it. Or, uh, you know, now that uh, the meet's gotten going, they have a better idea of the horses that are on the grounds. Um, so they, they, they change up what they're thinking that they need because you know when they write those condition books, they're 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 basing you know they're writing them in advance of the meet opening, and they're writing them based on uh, you know, what the trainers have told them they they're bringing in to the to the to the um, to that meet, and by the time you know the trainer might have might have put those, that stall application in. Uh, you know, six weeks before the meet starts. And by the time the meet rolls around, the, the horses in his barn looks a lot different than what he put on his stall applications because horses have gotten claimed, something's gotten hurt, um, new ones have come in, something's been sold, you know, a variety of things happen. So so once the meet gets going, uh, you know, what what's actually on the grounds might look very different than what uh, the, the the secretary wrote the book for. Uh, so they put up those extra races uh, to to better the chances of getting good wagering races um, to fill and and to be able to use on the card. And I think that's that's another thing I think a lot of people don't understand. You know, when when they're when the secretary is putting that card together, um, they are trying to build the best wagering card, the best gambling card, if you will, uh, of of races that day, and and they put them in order based on what is going to be the most attractive to gamblers in terms of the, you know, the multi-race wagers and things of that nature. So th there's a lot that goes into, into those condition books, a lot that goes into the races that get selected uh, by the tracks. And then for us, like I said, it's just, you know, we're, we're keeping lists miles long of, of a, a race that uh, races that that might make sense for every single one of our horses uh that, but then mark and the trainers get together and, and then they make the final decisions on on which ones we're going to target and which ones we're going to go for and you know the frustrating part is when you've got a perfect race picked out it's the perfect distance it's the perfect condition the perfect class um and you enter it you've been you've been pointing towards it for weeks and it gets three entries and the race doesn't fill and it doesn't get brought back. And, and that happens so, so often. So, you know, finding that perfect race is so difficult. And a lot of times you just have to take the next best thing that you can get. And well, and that sometimes is, that, is why you'll see horses <laughs> with, with gaps in between like their racing record. Sometimes it has nothing to do with, with injuries or anything to the like. It's literally just that they could not get that condition filled. 
and that horse that, kept right. being entered in a race and and they just couldn't get anybody to go with them and they don't want to yeah, send and, you a check for free <laughs> and, and, and you know and, and and it's it's frustrating for us it's frustrating for the partners hell i know it's it's frustrating for racing secretaries because they're they're just trying to put together you know good cards and good races mm-hmm. uh but you know when when you don't want to put a horse into a claiming race if that's the condition that's available knowing that you're going to lose it and, and you're going to be giving it away for less than it's worth just to get a race in. Yeah. You don't want to put a horse into a race that's it's going to be so far over its head that it's going to get you know just thrashed and and take a big blow to its confidence. You know, as we talked earlier about, you know, horses they 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 get their feelings hurt. They get down. They they, do. they get boosts of confidence and 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 <clears throat> you know feel good about themselves when they run well. They they feel bad about themselves when they don't. And and you don't want to you don't want to just keep sending a horse out there that you know to get its head dented just so we can get a run into it. Well, and that's you know, why sometimes... that's why sometimes you'll see some of these graded stakes horses come down into just plain stakes because it's like after you know, three or four incidences where you, you've run your eyeballs out and you keep running second, you keep running third. Like at some point, even though some of the graded stakes horses will kind of start losing faith in themselves. And it happens Absolutely. to at every level. It happens at every level. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, the, the filly that, or the, I guess she was a filly that won the, that, that Ouija board last night. You know, she'd been running in group company in England. She, don't, she came over here, ran one time and ran okay, but not, you know, not stellar. And so Brad said, you know what, let's find a listed stake for her and let's get her a list. Let's get her a stakes win. Let's get her a win here in the States and let's get her confidence built back up. And I have, you know, she, she easily could have been competing in a grade stake somewhere, but he felt like she needed confidence. I'm guessing. And, you know, knew he could send her down to Texas and, and that she'd be, you know, she'd be the even money favorite, which she was. And she, and she, she won like it too. So, mm-hmm. uh, but there's no reason that to think that that Philly or that mayor couldn't have gone and competed at the graded stakes level mm-hmm. somewhere. But he felt like, you know, we, we need to do something other than that for her. Yep. That's what he did. And it made sense. Uh, hell, I got it. Uh, I didn't like it. I hated seeing her in there. <laughs> we knew. But, uh, but you know, I, I certainly, certainly understood why, why I put her in there. So, um, yep. yeah. And, and it's just, it, it's, it's, again, I know it, it's tough. Uh, uh, you know, I, I had a lot of partners send me race suggestions all the time, especially after, you know, uh, we've been trying to get a horse in and then they're not going, they're not going. And inevitably, almost all the time, it's, you know, it's skipping a condition. Yeah. Or it's, it's you know, t- taking a horse that, that we think needs to be running at a mid-level track and let's go in that $140,000 allowance at Churchill Downs. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's, it's. You know, it's just not necessarily the right thing to do by the horse. Now, having said that, we don't always get it right, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, again, you know, I, think, I think Brendan would have been the first to tell you before that race with Cyclone Ranger that that he he thought that, that we ought to be looking at a claiming race for Cyclone Ranger. Mm-hmm. We didn't want to do it, you know. Um, and, you know, he, to his credit, he called Mark right after the race. He said, wow, I did not expect that. That was impressive. <laughs> and, uh, you know, so, uh, you know, he... he He's like, you know, I just didn't, he's never shown me anything in the morning to make me think he was going to do something like that. Uh, but again, you know, he, it was, it was a big race and, you know, there, there's a lot of folks that probably would be thinking, Hey, let's, let's send him to an allowance race at Churchill and run for that big money. And yeah. it's tempting. Uh, and that's why part of why we, you know, we pulled the rags in figure that's, those are the speed figures that we have the most faith in the most confidence in. They're also the ones that cost $25 uh, a horse <laughs> each time you pull them 
so we don't always get them, but, um, <laughs> you know, we wanted to see really what, and, you know, they factor in so much, uh, of, of uh, everything that happens in the race, uh, the trip, the pace, you know, all of it, it it's everything's factored in to come up with this figure. And, um, it was the best he's ever run, uh, according to the rags. Uh, but it's still not, um, you know, at that level where we're thinking, you know, a big time allowance race at Churchill Downs. Well, uh, and you, so, and kind you of know, to your point earlier to not toss him in over his head, you know, yeah. that Churchill's kind of where all the super, the super operations kind of sit there. And it, when you go into the, like, yeah, we'll go into the big money at Churchill. Maybe he does have the potential to win it, but then you're also running into other horses who also have the potential to win it at that point. And well, these, and, and, these allowances can get competitive. They can be so And, and really, you know, we're, we're looking long, long game with him. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I mean, I think Mark and I both feel like and, and have felt we're still, honestly, we're still amazed that he's run as many times as we talk about it all the time, that he's run as many times as he has and that he debuted as early on you know, January 1 of a three, as a three-year-old. We, there's no way in the world we thought that was going to happen. Mm-hmm. And I tell people all the time, they make you look foolish when you think you know what they're going to do. Yeah. Um, but so he's ahead of the game, but we're still thinking long, long term, longer, you know, longer down the road. You know, he's been, he's been sound as a pound. I shouldn't say it because I'll jinx or jinx myself and, <laughs> and jinx him. But you know, he he's he he's he's been doing well I, he's, so he's, far. He's been doing everything. He's been <laughs> he's done everything we've asked of him extremely well. We're learning about him, and he's learning how to be a racehorse and. We don't want to rush it, you know. Let's take our time with him. Let's 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 take our time. Let's get him there, uh, and 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 not rush him and, and let him go about his own pace. And and hopefully, hopefully he'll take his big places uh, down the road. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're just not not sure he's quite there yet, you know. That's fair. So in a situation where, say, kind of like you said, that you and Mark have this nice long list of what of of you know the the races that you believe and the conditions that you believe the horses will make sense in. Um, so what if what happens, I guess, if you come up with um, a couple conditions that you feel make sense for the horse, and Mark has a couple he believes make sense for the horse, how do you decide between the conditions? Uh, yeah, Mark and I, from the very beginning uh, of Pocket Aces Racing, have, have had delineations of who is responsible and who is ultimately in charge of what. Mm-hmm. And Mark is the one that has a 30 year career in the horse industry. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got, he's got many years on me and, and it's all he has done for uh, his entire professional career is, is deal with horses, manage horses, groom horses. Uh, you know, he, he's, he's, he's done, you know, he's, he's been in every as- facet of, of, uh, you know, hands on. And, and, and he thought he was going to be a trainer at one point along the way. And so ultimately it's mark's call Mm -hmm. and uh, um you know he and i i'll I'll be the first to tell you that you know what we've had some some pretty good discussions uh about whether or not a horse what race a horse ought to go into and we don't always uh, agree and 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 uh, you know to his credit he listens to me he hears me out and lets me run my mouth and get my get all my feelings out (laughs) and then uh and then if he disagrees we go with what he says mm-hmm. uh, because this is that's his responsibility. It's what he knows best, mm-hmm. and um, and you know, and I and I back it. 
when he makes the decision, that's the decision. It's, and mm -hmm. it's not his decision. It's our decision. Mm -hmm. uh, so, yes, uh, I may not have agreed with it at, before the decision was made. But once the decision's made, I'm all in. And that, and that's so that's how the decision, you know, that, there's no tiebreaker. Mm -hmm. uh, it's Mark's call. Okay. Um, now, you know, Mark will often, you know, he, he will often defer to the, I wouldn't say he will often defer, but, you know, it, it's it's a close conversations with the trainers uh, because, you know, it, it's our opinion that they know, they know the horses better than anybody. Mm -hmm. Now, And even though they, they know the horses better than anybody, that doesn't mean they know everything. Uh, so there's, you know, there are definitely times where, uh, you know, if, if, if we feel like, you know, we, we feel strongly about something and, you know, we'll flat out tell them, you know, we're not going in that spot you want to go in. We're going to go in this spot. And um, sometimes, you know, sometimes those, those discussions can get a little bit heated too. Uh, <laughs> but ultimately that's, it's, it's Mark's call ultimately. That makes sense. You know, you go to the brains of the operation. So we were kind of discussing this a little bit before we started um before we started recording but uh obviously racing in in the midwest is is starting to change in some facets very dramatically and then in some some things are a little bit more uh, a little bit more vague a little bit more underneath the surface to see but one of the things that i think has has become a i guess in a sense in a big deal it's been a, been a flashpoint certainly between uh whether people agree with it being here or not but the point of historical racing in Kentucky and having mm -hmm. the historical horse racing slots in Kentucky. Some people, again, I mean, it's, it's, it's one of those very, it's, it's a hot button issue. I feel like, especially between the people who would like horse racing to stay horse racing and not so much be involved with what I think what people view as casino gambling. So how, how has, do you feel like, how has historical racing kind of changed the Midwest? Not just with, tracks closing per se because obviously that will also impact how the racing scene evolves yeah and, and you know I, I will say that you know i i was very much involved with um the kentucky thoroughbred owners and breeders association and and, and working with the legislature when they were you know working on historical horse racing and, and trying to come up with that and and i i i recorded a segment um for you know in, in support of the historical horse races i'm very much in favor of it uh it has changed the dynamic in for ellis park uh for kentucky downs and turfway park historical horse racing might very well be the reason that those three tracks are still running today mm -hmm. uh and it's definitely the reason that those three tracks have purses that are competitive with every track in the country uh, it's just, I mean, especially Kentucky Downs. I mean, my goodness, $150,000 made in special weights. Isn't that yeah. right? Uh, I think that's what they got going on in mm -hmm. September or something like that. I mean, like that's, that. that's higher than some main specials. <laughs> yeah. So, so, you know, it, it's, um, it's, it's, it's been a huge boon to the purse structure. And, and since they did this and they've got this extra money coming into purses, we now have uh, Kentucky bread bonuses in claiming races. We never had that before. Yeah. Uh, but we have it now. Now, what that has done is it has made racing very, very difficult. It was always tough at Churchill and Keeneland. Yeah. Uh, but but we used to clean up at Turfway Park in the winter. Yep. Because so many people sent their horses south. 
Well, guess what? They're not doing anymore. They're not sending all they're the horses They're not going south. south. <laughs> I mean, they're sending some, but yeah. they're leaving a lot of really good horses at Turfway Park. Yeah. And racing at Turfway got, has gotten really, really tough. Racing at Ellis used to be not super difficult because the purses were not great. Yeah. Purses are really strong now. And, yeah. and, and that five-day meet at Kentucky Downs is amazing. Yeah. In terms of talent and, and you will see some you that. will see some nice horses. And, and what that yeah, and, and what that has done is it has elevated the racing and the horses that are running at tracks like Horseshoe Indianapolis, at running at um Hawthorne, mm -hmm. the horses that are running at Belterra Park. Mm -hmm. Especially when you're in, you know allowance and and maiden special like well it factors race we were running against godolphin for crying out loud yeah again you know she was not a stellar godolphin horse but there was there were some fillies and mares in that race that were bred to the nines in costs and they had they gone through auction would have sold for a hell of a lot of money yeah expensive. and that's running at belterra park for a sixteen thousand dollar purse yeah. and it's because the racing has gotten so tough at churchill uh and, and Keeneland and Ellis and, and all throughout Kentucky uh, because of those increased purses that people are having to send better horses to these smaller tracks. And it's, and it has just elevated the, the level of racing everywhere. And it has made racing around here extremely tough, very tough. And uh, you know, that, that's just, that, that's where we are. Uh, you know, I think it's also, it has made people much more aggressive in dropping their horses in for claiming prices, you know, especially, especially outfits that have a lot of horses uh, and, and kind of, you know, they know they're going to, they know they're going to get claimed, but if they can get claimed and, and win that uh, $75,000 purse, they're yeah. good with that. And they've got 50 horses lined up to take its place. Yep. Um, it makes it tough for us because if we think we ought to be running a horse, you know, at, at, for 50,000, uh, you know, they're going to be running against horses that would otherwise, you know, run in allowance races because yeah. uh, everybody's dropping their horses down. Um, and, and, and the racing, even at, you know, at the claiming ranks is getting tougher because everybody's trying to get some of that. They're trying to get those purses. So, so we're seeing horses run for tags, uh, that, would normally be running at allowance or, you know, maybe they're running for 25 when, you know, five, three or four or five years ago, they'd have been running for 50. Uh, so it, it's, it's just made it tough all the way around. So. Yeah. And it's, you know, competition is, is great, but it, you know, it does become, it, it, it just, it becomes tougher on the smaller operation. Cause it's like, yeah. you know, go dolphin has, has the great fortune of, of, being everywhere they, they have a world-class mm -hmm. operation for a reason but it you know it, it does sometimes you do you know it, it does sometimes i hate to say it this way but it does sometimes suck when you see them up at places like belterra <laughs> right, and you're right. like you know with all due respect to to his royal highness but why are you here <laughs> like yeah. this is belterra you know like let us have our playground yeah and, and it's and it's something that mark and i struggle with and, and we and maybe a, maybe a partner or two that's heard us talk about this before but you know, it, it's something that we struggle with because we want to race in Kentucky. We're, we're Kentucky guys. We mm -hmm. you know, were born and raised, uh, you know, here. And, and this is where we want most of our horses running. Um, but damn, it's tough. And, and we look back when we would send horses 
you know, like aces high. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, we sent him up to Canterbury, and he went up there for a couple summers, and he won all kinds of races, and and just made a great run up there. But it was at Canterbury, and none of the partners ever went to see him because it's a long ass way up to St. Paul, Minnesota. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> or Shakopee, Sh- or Sh- you know, which I guess it's whatever it is. Yeah, uh, it's outside of outside of St. Paul, and um, so you know. It, and I remember one partner in particular, he's like, man, I feel like we, we, we moved him from Churchill and sent him up there. He's like, I feel like I'm losing my horse because I don't get to go see him anymore. And so, you know, yeah. we're, we're conscious of that. But then, you know, a horse like him, you could send to run an allowance races up there where you'd have to run him for $25,000 tag down here and you're going to lose him the first time you do it. Yeah. So you're, you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. And it's, uh, I mean, it, it's, it's one of the hardest things and, and, and what we're trying to figure out and, and trying to manage. And it's, uh, it's tough to, to, to drive, to get that balance. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we, we, we probably feel like there's some horses that if we keep them here, we're going to lose them soon. Uh, you know, if we, if we keep running them here, cause they're going to have to go in and they're going to have to go into areas where they're very much or races where they're very exposed mm-hmm. or we could send them, to another track a smaller track where um people aren't going to get to go see them on the weekends they're not going to go get to see them train they're not going to go get their picture taken with them um they're, they're going to be running somewhere else you know far from kentucky and um you know we're just trying to find that balance uh, you know some of them it's the right thing to do some of them maybe it's not the right thing to do and mm-hmm. it, it's it's what we're struggling with uh, the most, I think, at this point, and, and is you know, where's the right, where's the right track for the right horse, or or, or do we just, uh, you know, what do we do? So that that that's that's taking up the bulk of the discussions that that Mark and I have these days, you know. Yeah, and it's it's never, you know, I I just I I see how often you know because i get all the emails just like just like i imagine you and mark you get all the emails when the emails go out on on mondays now but i get all the emails and i and i can you know and i can see how often it's well the race didn't fill well you know something else happened well something else happened and and it is and sometimes that'll be for you know four five six different horses it's just no it didn't fill again it's like oh it didn't you know it's not an extra to get brought back so it's hard. It's, it's, and it's frustrating. Like what you said, when you finally think you have that good spot and then you don't get it. And now you have to have the conversation of, all right, well, do we move him further out and away from Kentucky or do we kind of keep rolling the dice and keep trying to, to get the condition and get the race to fill down here? Yeah. Or, so. or do we, or do we put them in for a tag yeah. uh, knowing there's a good chance that, that they might get claimed. And it's, yeah. so that, that's, again, that, that's, you know, and, and claiming happens, you know, and, mm-hmm. and you know, uh, it, it's part of the game and I, and I hate it. I, I, it's, it's my least favorite part of North American racing. I wish we had a, a class system like they have in Europe where yeah, me um, and you both. You're, you're not always exposing your horses because it's heartbreaking to put in all that time and effort and, and you get this connection with your horses and you, and you you know, we got partners. I mean, they, 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 they love their horses and I get it. I do too. Mm-hmm. Um, some I love more than others. Some of them drive me nuts, uh, <laughs> but I still love them. I, and uh, to put all that time and effort into them and, and then know that 
you're going to run them or not know you know because you never know but you know, but then you got that worry that you're going to run them a time or two and they're going to get claimed from you, and you've put all yeah. the work into them and somebody else is going to reap the, the the benefit but uh, you know the other option is you run them over their heads or you you send them off somewhere smaller uh, and yep. again we don't know what the right answer is we have some partners uh, that would very much say you know what run them at churchill downs keeneland belmont saratoga and if they only run one time and they get claimed so be it that's fine let's go get another one easier said than done yeah uh, we have others that um you know would hate to lose any horse a horse they'd hate to have something claimed you know for five thousand dollars that's run 20 times and hadn't won yet and they'd hate to lose them in a maiden five uh, because yeah. it's it's their baby uh yeah. and um you know I, I i get both i i completely can understand both viewpoints and mm. we've got people on both sides and and people in the middle so yeah. it, it's it's tough it's a tough juggling act and and i know it frustrates people at times and i i get it and um we're trying to we're trying to do ever trying to do right by as many people as we can, but most importantly, we're trying to do right by the horse. Yep, absolutely. And you know, and I think, kind of to slowly start wrapping up here. Um, and I and I think just the 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 dedication that you and Mark and and all the trainers to to make sure that you strike a balance and to make sure that you you find that that happy medium for the for that situation i think that's you know partially why pocket aces horses do so well and then not just for our win percentage just in general like we hit the board i think more often than people realize even if we have some of the occasional cold spell like our horses do really really well because they are placed well i feel like they're placed well they're placed in in conditions and races where they have a very good shot or at least a chance you know to get close so that that's that's the goal you know that yeah. horse doesn't have to win every time out and it doesn't even have to hit the board every time out you know what mm -hmm. what what we want to see more than anything is that they're running hard and they're competitive and and that they're they're running you know every step of the way and now mm -hmm. granted we know that you know some some folks there's some trainers that take the approach it's going to take a race and some horses need a race or two some race yeah. horses just cannot get they cannot get race fit by and you training. can't, and yeah, they, they, you can't do it. You can't train them. You can't mm -mm. train them fit enough uh, because it's just their, it's their makeup. It's their, it's their, their, their physical. Uh, Wendy Lou Who, our stakes yeah, winner, is that way, Wind, isn't she? Wendy Lou Wendy Lou Who needs to run every about every three weeks yep. <laughs> to stay in top <laughs> to stay in top form. And then, yeah. but you know what? You can't run every three weeks nonstop because the wear's on them. And yeah. especially with her, when we're having to ship her five hours, six hours, every yeah. time we run her. Yeah. So you, you, you want to run her out there every three weeks, but we can't get a race for it. Belt tear apart. Uh, so yeah. you get that added stress and, and, and fatigue factor from the ship. So especially you, when the weather you, starts you know, to get hot too. Yeah. Oh my goodness. And that van, the van in the, in the daytime going up 75, it's a nightmare. Yeah. Uh, but, um, so, so it's tough when, you know, trying to, ideally they'd have a, they'd have the perfect race for her every three weeks at Belterra Park <laughs> from April through October, and it would not be a factor, but the reality is that never happens. And, yeah. um, you know, yeah, we could go run her for $15,000 at Churchill, uh, Churchill 
and she'd probably be real competitive and she'd probably get claimed and people would bite her heads off. And rightfully so. She's a stakes winning mayor, you know, she, yeah. she deserves the chance to, for us to hopefully keep her and, and breed her one day and make some baby Wendy Lou's. And, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, so it's, 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 it's tough. It's, it's really, really tough. I, I think yeah. I, 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 I talked to a lot of new people that have been fans of the game and watched from the outside, um, you know, as, as either intense fans, casual fans, but mm-hmm. you know, had no idea the ins and outs and, and what, what all is involved in get, getting horses in the right races and yeah. how difficult it can be. It is. It's tough. And, you know, and to that extent, I'll be frank, like when I, I, I paid um, attention, I think sometimes a, a little bit more than kind of the average fan before I started working for Pocket Aces, I, I paid attention. But like, you don't realize how tough it is to get in until you start working or you get involved in a horse and then you keep getting the emails oh well they didn't fill oh well there were four horses well well there was two and they don't want to give us a check and it's like and you don't realize and like i i'll be the first to admit i was the person who would look at big gaps in in running line and my first thought would be oh well they got injured and that's sometimes just not the case it just isn't the case like i know at one point homeroom angel hadn't run for two or three months because we could not get anything for her written. <laughs> and yeah, we just kept uh, trying. Kept trying. And, and you know, again, that's just, and you just didn't want to throw her out there in any old race. But uh, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it, it, it's tough. And, and you know, I, like I, said, I, I know it's frustrating for, for, our, for our partners and, and even, you know, even fans of ours that aren't partners or aren't partners yet. Uh, and they yeah. see stuff and I get questions from them on occasion as well. And, uh, but you know we're, we're working on it we appreciate all y'all's patience and and hey if you ever have questions about this sort of thing pick up the phone and give us a call you know I, I, i'm gonna i'm gonna start reminding folks every every week uh you know we we want to hear from you we want to yeah, know what's going absolutely. on and, and uh you know we're trying to pick up our outreach but uh don't ever hesitate to to pick up the phone and, and call mark call me and send us a message on our you. facebook i will pass absolutely. it along Yes, because I probably will not look at Facebook. <laughs> no, that's my job. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that's that's my job. I and I will stake my claim on my territory. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but please, please do, please feel free to reach out and 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 let us know. And if you have questions, we again, we are always very happy to answer them. Um, and we we're definitely happy to hear from everybody. You know, anytime you have a suggestion, anytime you have a question. And I know in speaking of questions, we, I, <laughs> I backed them into a corner and I confirmed them, but the Stable Connect folks are going to come on next week for our second interview series. Um, so you're definitely going to want to tune in for that. We're going to be talking to Jonathan Romeo and uh, Rachel Dunn, and they are kind of like the managing group, the managing, um, kind of the, like the, 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 they, they're like the main managers of the Stable Connect app that our partners have been using. And they are going to come on. They're going to talk about their app. They're going to talk about a little bit of like the inspiration behind it and, and why they wanted to get it started. Um, and I'll definitely put out a, a blast and a reminder on our social medias. But if you have a question for them and you would like to know how the app works or, or maybe any future updates, please feel free to send those in as well and comment them underneath our um in our comment sections and I'll get them down and, and we'll get them over to them and, and, you know, 
we'll compile a, a good little episode for you guys and hopefully you guys will enjoy getting to kind of meet the brains behind the uh the app that's actually been quite popular with our partners so i'm really happy that you guys are enjoying it and if you're a partner that's not using the stable connect app yet uh please uh, check it out get signed mm -hmm. up uh, if you have any any issues with it uh, or you don't know what the hell we're talking about uh, <laughs> let us know and and we'll we'll get you hooked up because uh it, it, it i was i was hesitant at first to do it uh but i think uh the folks that are using it a lot uh, you can upload pictures of your of the horses mm -hmm. uh, that you've taken and put on their profile you've been at the track and watched them run you can put your own pictures on there that everybody can then see and mm -hmm. uh it's just it's a, it's a neat little uh neat little tool so uh, i encourage you guys to use it Yep, absolutely. The galleries, the galleries are starting to get pretty big. We have some horses that have an impressive gallery on there. So you definitely, if you're new and you're jumping in on onto a, a horse for the first time, that's definitely also something cool to kind of go back and see some of the photos that that partners and myself uh, will post on there. So, uh, yeah, but definitely tune in next week for that. Um, it's going to go live on Wednesday. So if you have any questions if that you would like to ask them, please make sure to send them our way. We will try and, and get as many of them compiled as we can. And to, we'll try to get as many of them answered as we can. Um, Patty, I think we have talked longer than we ever have on any. Yeah, we're all, right? I'm watching so, this timer. We're almost at an hour. So I'm like, well. So uh, <laughs> we need to shut up. Uh, you, yeah. got, you let me go on way too long. We need to. We need to. Head, head, we need to turn, make the turn and head for home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that's what we're, that's what we're going to do right now. But, uh, but do you, I mean, I was going to ask you if you had anything to add, but I'm a guess no. Uh, They've listened to me babble on <laughs> uh, long enough. They don't want to hear me anymore. <laughs> All right. Well, then Jared is done for, for this episode. We're going to mute him. Goodbye, dear. And then, <laughs> and thank you everybody once again for listening in. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Make good choices. Have a happy Wednesday. And the podcast is out.